I want to personally invite you to join me and all the other Brock stars for this year's 13th live and in-person plant stock event outside of Asheville, North Carolina in the little town of Black Mountain. It's 1,500 acres is loaded with wildlife, trees, trails, streams. It is a nature wonderland. And what's also a wonderland are all the incredible speakers that you get to hang with all weekend long, like Jane and Ann Esselstyn, Dr. Will Bolshewitz of Fiberfueled, Carly Bodrug, Miss Plant You, Dr. Gemma Newman is over from the UK. We have Dr. Don Musalem from the Mayo Clinic, John Mackey, the ex-CEO of Whole Food Market Stores, myself, Brian Hart, and a special appearance by the Plant Bros. Here's the kicker. All these Brock stars are there from Friday till Sunday, and they want to rub elbows with all of you, whether it's over buffets of Plant Strong Fair for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, whether it's going on an afternoon hike, a swim, pickleball, frisbee golf, kickball, cornhole, dancing. We're having live music. It's all there in this fun weekend extravaganza that we affectionately call Plant Stock. Simply go to liveplantstrong.com and then click on Plant Stock 2024 and grab yourself a ticket before they sell out. See you there. The whole food plant-based diet is the means to get there, but that's the story. And we didn't want to lose focus on that. And we didn't want to, we didn't want to get too much why we're here or all that other stuff. We touch upon it in the film, but we really wanted the, the emphasis to be, you have more control than what you realize. And also it was very important for us to, um, to speak to people in a way that we're not, we're not, we're basically speaking to them in a very positive tone that we're not judging where they are. We're just, you know, we're just soberly laying out the facts. Season three of the Plant Strong podcast explores those Galileo moments where you seek to understand the real truth around your health and dare to see the world through a different lens. This season, we honor those courageous seekers who are paving the way for you and me. So grab your telescope, point it towards your future, and let's get Plant Strong together. Welcome to another episode of the Plant Strong Podcast. I'm Rip Estelston, your host, and today we have a party of sorts, an anniversary celebration. Ten years ago, a little documentary film was released that changed the course of my life and the lives of millions of people. Who would have thought that a film about two farm-raised Midwestern doctors, T. Colin Campbell and my father, Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr., would go on to become one of the longest-running independent films on Netflix? Well, it did. And today... We celebrate the 10-year anniversary of Forks Over Knives with the creator and executive producer of the film, Brian Wendell. For a decade now, this film has been one of the most popular entry points for those who are plant curious. Why? Because it's approachable, friendly, and attainable. I loved reliving the making of this film with Brian, 
how and why did he develop the story? When did he even know he was really onto something? And I think you'll appreciate that so much of the success of Forks Over Knives is a result of happy accidents and the universe doing its thing, putting the right people together at just the right time. Let's say hello and happy anniversary to Forks Over Knives and Brian Wendell. All right, Plant Strong people, welcome to the Plant Strong podcast. I have a very special guest today. I've been trying to get him on the podcast for a while, and um, it's just, it. there's the perfect reason to have him on this year, this month, and um, and that's because we're celebrating something big. But I first met this gentleman back in 2009. They were doing some filming for a documentary. They came to the to the uh, Engine 2 fire station, and they got us doing our thing there. They got us uh, working out, wearing the, uh, you know, in all of our gear, wearing uh, air tanks, doing pull-ups. They got us eating our brown rice and black bean extravaganza. They got us, you know, all these men chopping vegetables. They got me climbing the poles without my legs saying real men eat plants. And they even had the good fortune to get us making a car fire and uh, doing a medical emergency, somebody that was diabetic. And, uh, you know, when they came and they did this, I was like, okay, because we were getting a lot of press at the time because we were the plant strong firefighters at station two. And I had no idea that this little half day of filming would turn out to be one of the most kind of iconic, uh, documentaries of the last decade and uh and it was forks over knives so the gentleman that i have on the podcast today is none other than brian wendell brian is the 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 brainchild behind forks over knives he's the executive producer the president of forks over knives and uh brian welcome to the plan strong podcast thank you so much rip it's uh it's so great to be here with you yeah yeah well it's great to have you and, um, you know, Brian, when did Forks Over Knives come out? What, like, what month, what date? Can you remember? May 2011, it made its debut in theaters. Wow. May 2011. Our 10-year anniversary this May. Right, right. Uh, well, first, can you believe that it's been 10 years? Yeah, it's it, time goes by fast, man. It's like... Um, you know, it's been an incredible, an incredible journey. Um, you know, and I thought by now I'd be uh, back in the real estate business where I started off. <laughs> Here I am still working on Forks Over Knives 10 years later. So um, a lot has happened. There's been a lot of evolution in plant-based lifestyles. And, and you know, and obviously you've been, you've been a very big part of that. And um, yeah, so it's, uh, it, it's been an amazing journey and it has gone by really, really quickly for sure. Yeah. So talking about the journey, so this this season of the Plan Strong podcast, we're really kind of looking at these trailblazing um, pioneers that um, have really kind of gotten outside their comfort zone and um, and made a real difference. And that to me epitomizes you and what you've done with Forks Over Knives. But I'd love to know, and I'd love for our listeners to understand what was your journey because you just you just mentioned that you were in real estate. So mm -hmm. what's a guy like real estate 
doing all of a sudden deciding, you know what, I'm going to try on my documentary chops. <laughs> yeah. And just so you know, I didn't even have any home, any experience with a home video camera before. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's definitely an interesting journey, but I really gotten into um, plant-based lifestyles, probably not even using the term plant-based at the time of 2001, um, but really became passionate about the health side of it um, for many years. Um, and as time went by, uh, you know, I just began to see more and more evidence that, you know, that people can improve their health with it. And certainly, you know, I started reading, uh, you know, people like John McDougall um, and others. And I, I knew about the work of Nathan Pritikin. And so I understood the idea of healthy vegan as well. Um, but really, it was when I read the China study that I really was just overwhelmed by how much evidence there was out there. Keeping in mind that Colin Campbell's book, The China Study, wasn't just about his study in China or even about just his own work, per se. It was really, it was really a layout of, of a lot of the evidence that brought him to that conclusion that we can you know, prevent and reverse disease with a plant-based, with a whole food plant-based lifestyle. And when I read that, I was just like, man, there's just so much information out there. And um, I really wanted to do something about it. And I thought about, like, well, maybe I can do like a home video or I even had the idea of going back to school for nutrition. Um, but then I woke up in the middle of the night sweating, thinking what it would be like to be back in chemistry lab again. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then I really, I really started to think about something bigger. How can I really get this out in a big way? And I thought, you know, there had been a lot of books written about it. And, and obviously your dad is, a, is just a huge part of this thing. But there really was no visual presentation. And I felt like as much as this has been in writing, if people can see it up on screen, it would have a really, really powerful impact. And like literally when I had the idea, like this is something I want to be doing, it was like flash. It was like not even a question in my mind. I didn't have to think about it. At that point, it was really only about the, um, the execution. So I had the idea. And um and I, you know, I'm in LA, so I reached out to some friends of mine, and one of them knew a guy named John Corey who produces, who produces uh, documentaries. And I chatted with him and ran the idea by him, and I was kind of excited. He had experience um, shooting in China, and I, I didn't know how much, uh, how large a role Colin was going to play in the film at the time, but I knew it was going to be something significant. Um, and we hit it off, and uh, two days later, he sent me a note saying, "Look, the topic is too vast. I'm, I'm not. He's, I'm not in." Said okay, I'm gonna go find someone else to <laughs> make the documentary with, and and um, and you know because I, obviously I needed to bring in a team. I didn't like I said before, I didn't know how to use a home video camera. Um, but then he came back a few days later. Like, I can't get this out of my mind. Like I keep seeing things on the news, and I keep thinking about how absurd this is that people don't know this information. And keeping in mind at that point in time, I think it was 2000, 2000, like mid 2008, late 2008, and healthcare debate was really ongoing. And he literally said like. I can't believe nobody's even talking about the ability to kind of kind of lessen our burden on the healthcare system overall. It's always about who pays for it. Mm -hmm. So, um, so he came back and he introduced me to Lee Fulkerson, and um, we the three of us met, and we really got aligned on a vision very quickly. And from the time I met John, which was um, which was in two thousand and eight, like literally in three months, I had left my job and was uh, off to the races producing uh, uh, producing Forks Over Knives with John and, and Lee. So, um, so, so for people don't don't know those names, John Corey came on board as the producer, correct? That's correct, yes. And, and, and then Lee Fulkerson came on board as the director. That's right. Yeah, and, and kind of, well, and we'll talk about this, he also had a role to play and was in a, a phenomenal narrator of, mm -hmm. of the whole movie, right? 
That's right. Yeah. So, and it's kind of funny, like uh, it was never his, he was never thinking to do that. And literally we knew like John and I suspected like he, he probably has some kind of health issues and stuff like that. And because just about everybody on a Western diet at that age is beginning to show some kind of evidence of, of health. You know, if you're, you're drinking Red Bulls and eating burgers and stuff like that, which he was. Yeah. Right. Um, so John just, uh, we literally went to Dr. Matt Letterman's office and, uh, you know, literally with a handheld camera, like, let's just have Lee, let's just stage this thing with not stage it, but let's, let's, um, we met Matt and Alona first and we're like, Hey, let's just get Lee involved. Let's see what happens. We'll just roll with John's handheld camera and see what happens. And sure enough, he goes in there and he goes for a blood test and all this and ultimately learns that he has, you know, that he has high cholesterol and he has all the signs of, of, uh, you know, Western cardiac disease. So, um, <laughs> so there was not the original plan, but he, 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 uh, he, he was a good sport and, and decided to, to be a part of the film. Yeah. And he had a, a phenomenal success story, you know, between his cholesterol, his LDL, his, um, CR, uh, CRP mm-hmm. marker of inflammation, his weight loss, he hit it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, Rip, you know as well as anybody, if you follow the diet, you'd be surprised if it doesn't work. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it, this works. I mean, there's no, there's no question about it. You know, you, the compliance is always an issue, but, um, but if you do it, you're going to see the benefits. Yeah. So I, I, I still want to go back to, here you are. How long had you been doing real estate? Since the late 90s. So it had to be, you know, over, over 10 years. Um, but anyone that knew me, Rip, um, always knew that I was, you know, I was very passionate about the food and health thing for, for a long time, you know, since, since I got into it in 2001. So, um, you know, I yeah. guess for some people, it wasn't surprising when I would tell them that this is something I really want to do with my life, um, that I would, that I would go off and do it. So, uh, so, but yeah, no, but I was a professional and, but you know, sometimes life calls you <laughs> and that's how I felt with this project. And as soon again, once, once I had the idea to do it, like I had no doubt that this is what I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, it's just so amazing that you had this light bulb moment. You didn't really kind of question it. You went after it and, you know, look where you are now, 10 years later. And I want to talk about kind of the Forks Over Knives universe and, and what that looks like. It's just phenomenal to me. But, but for now, so you got John, you got Lee, you kind of had this idea and then how did the, the story unfold of Forks Over Knives, meaning you got kind of Colin and my father as the two main threads? Like, how did right. that, how did that happen? Never the original plan. The original plan was I didn't know who the key players were in the space, but it was really going to be a documentary about the group, <laughs> the group of them. And it turned out in some ways to be so, but, but really it was... Um, it was after, you know, we had gotten together. I think it was, we decided to do this film in January. So at this point, we don't know that, that Colin and your dad are going to be the main story threads. But then within a three-week period, we meet both your dad and Colin in a three-week period. We met your dad at a restaurant in Los Angeles. Yeah. Just amazing. And just blew us away. You know, he you know, showed us his, uh, you know, his, his x-ray, his uh, car, um, angiograms. Angiograms <laughs> of the disease yeah. reversal, which he likes to show. And, uh, and we met Colin a few weeks later and Lee and I had just been talking. We've been diving deeper. We've been talking to these guys on the phone. And we realized just how much in common they had with each other, you know, born three months apart, both grew up on farms, both go to leading institutions, both grow up thinking that, you know, milk is nature's perfect food. And then my goodness, um, they both go on to do their own research and they both come ultimately to the same conclusion around the same time. 
Um, I mean, it's just yeah. to be made. And so after meeting your dad and then Colin, like I'm seeing these, if they're talking about these coincidences a little bit or somewhat, and then seeing meeting them in person just absolutely blew us away. And then right after meeting Colin, I literally went back to a hotel room with Lee and we were talking about this. And the words I said to him, let's just build the whole damn film around these two guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, that, and that's what we did. We feel it. And obviously we wanted everybody else in it, but we felt that, you know, if we're going to impart information on people, we felt we really felt having a story thread was good. And my goodness, there was a story there to be told. I mean, it was just, it was literally just uncovered by us, but the yeah. story was really there, if you will. So you took the, so you took Colin and you took my father and then you just built everybody kind of, you know, appendages off those two main threads. That's exactly right. That was, that was the plan. And I think it, I think it, it played good. And, and you know, as you know, we opened up the film on, on, on their respective farms. And we really wanted people to latch on to the fact that these people, they're ordinary people, Rip, like anybody else. And we wanted to show that and that they were once on the other side. And that's really, yeah. really vitally important because a lot of times the argument is, hey, they're just vegan advocates. That's all they are. And we really wanted to, we really didn't want that to come off that way because it's not true. And we wanted to establish them as just ordinary, ordinary folk, which they are. And <laughs> oh, yes. Um, so the film, I mean, first, let me, let me ask you this before I, we talk about the success of Forks Over Knives. So the process, how long did the actual process take between when you kind of got John and Lee on board and then, you know, May, I think you said 11th, 2011, when it hit the, uh, you know, the, the big screen. Yeah. So that, that, that's a two year, a little more than a two year process. Um, so they, yeah, we started filming in January of 2009 and then the, the launch of the theatrical was in, was May 2011. So a little more than two years, but we had, you know, we had gotten done with the film, like a, a good rough cut about maybe a little more than a year into it. And then we did this whole, you know, advanced screening program. And, and well, first, actually before the advanced screening program, it was a, a, a period of time where we literally just test screened it to see how audiences would react to it. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you know, we got into the advanced screens, which you were, <laughs> you were a huge part of, yeah. as you know. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was basically it. And then 2011, we had the, we had the premiere and away we went. So was it, uh, was it harder than you anticipated making this documentary? No. And actually there was something about, and all of us on the crew realized it, that it seemed like almost anything and everything we needed to get or wanted, but it seemed to be very easy, almost like it was like meant to be, you know? And the amazing thing about it, the, the quality of the people in the space, the experts like your dad and Colin and Neil Barnard and John McDougall, these guys, all of them, without even really knowing who, who we are, they're so, so yeah. helpful. They just wanted to get the message out. You know, and um, and in a lot of ways, it really was surprising how smooth things went. And we really, you know, it's kind of funny. People say, "Hey, are you surprised by the ultimate outcome of Forks?" And the answer is no. And anybody on the crew at that time will tell you that we all felt along the way that we were onto something. We were getting these interviews, and and just remember the idea of disease prevention and reversal. It was out there, but it really wasn't in the popular culture. And we felt that. People only can know this information that they are heart disease, you know, that you can either stop the progression or reverse it, or your type 2 diabetes is, you know, in, in so many cases reversible. Like, I think people thought that diet is something that may help on the edges a little bit, 
But the fact that there's such a significant cause and effect between the diet and actually not having these very significant problems. And we felt that when we can do that, that there was going to be a certain, um, that there was going to be a lot of popularity around that idea. So we felt really good with where this was going. Well, you should trust your instincts because they, they led you down the right path. I mean, look what you did with this move, this documentary to me, to me, there's, it's such a, and I don't know if this was intentional or not, but it's such a feel good documentary. Like at the end, mm-hmm. at, at, at the knob, everybody's sitting around that table, right? There's no head of the table. Everybody's sitting around that round table and they're toasting their salad bowls. Uh, basically to, it seemed like just, you know, here's to you and here's to good health. And um, it was such a, just a brilliant, uh, you pieced it together so brilliantly. You ended it so brilliantly. And to me, it's the most welcoming on-ramp mm-hmm. to a whole food plant-based lifestyle that is out there. And you've, you've I think, moved the needle more than any documentary ever. Um, and, um, and because of that, you've literally globally helped millions, not exaggerating, millions of people with, with, um, with that documentary. I mean, you must just feel <laughs> walking on air every day. It is, it is very rewarding. There's nothing like, you know, you're in this business too, is meeting people who say, oh my God, like you've changed my life. It's, you're like, you know, <laughs> I was <once laughs> very sick or whatever. It is, there's, there's a professional um, satisfaction that, uh, you know, we have with our work that's just, it's indescribable. And, it's, yeah. you know, I just feel very fortunate and blessed. Um, and yeah, in terms of the documentary and its effectiveness, um, I really believe, um, and you're saying like how positive it was. Yeah, because yeah. we could easily just, we could have spent the hour and a half just talking about the meat and dairy industry and all their faults. And to me, I always viewed my mission as being something that this was a really, this was really a good news story, Rip, at the end of the day. And really, yeah. what is, of forks over knives at the end of the day is that you have more control over your disease outcomes than what you ever realize. The plant-based diet, the whole food plant-based diet is the means to get there, but that's the story. And we didn't want to lose focus on that. And we didn't want to, uh, we didn't want to get too much why we're here and all that other stuff. We touch upon it in the film, but we really wanted the, the emphasis to be, you have more control than what you realize. And also it was very important for us to, um, to speak to people in a way that we're not, we're not, we're basically speaking to them in a very positive tone, that we're not judging where they are. We're just, you know, we're just soberly laying out the facts. We felt it was very important that you do not want to insult the very people that you want to persuade. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not only did this documentary um, move the needle more than any other documentary that, you know, that's, that's out there with plant-based, with, you know, maybe recently, you know, Game Changers is doing some things. But I would say back in 2011, when this came out, this was fringe. I mean, eating plant-based, right, this lifestyle, it was fringe. And literally a decade later, Brian, this is literally, I, you tell me if you think I'm exaggerating, this is mainstream, right? Being yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's even hard to argue. I mean, you could just look at all the money that's pouring into plant-based. It's a very commonly held term. I mean, plant-based, when we started, wasn't. I, I think we were able to buy the URL for like next to nothing, plantbased.com. <laughs> I mean, it just wasn't. Again, we, you know, we didn't invent the term, um, but I feel like we kind of brought it, brought yeah. it to the 
screen in some ways. And that was that was an important why I want reason why I wanted to do the film in the, in the first place was really make this more of a mainstream concept. Because really the idea back in the old days was like, hey, you know, eating vegan or vegetarian lifestyle, like you could do it, but it's you gotta really, it's kind of like uh yeah. not that healthy, you gotta do it in a certain way and watch this and watch that, and, and, which is turns out to be true. I'm just saying it just looked like it was an unhealthy, it was generally an unhealthy thing to do because you were gonna you were gonna come across very, you know, certain <laughs> horrible deficiencies. Um so yeah. anyway, we wanted to, to kind of really dispel dispel those false notions and um and bring 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 the, the positive side to light, which was deserving. Well, you certainly started conversations around the dinner table like nobody's business. Um looking back with what you know now, like 10 years after making the uh the film, is there anything you would have done differently? Oh boy, I mean <laughs> <laughs> that's probably not a fair it, question <laughs> now you know more and it's like yeah. you look at the documentary and of course there's so many things you might have done a little bit differently but sure, sure. i try not to really get caught up in that because i think we really did the best yeah. job at the time and it's certainly the, the main thing is that it really achieved its objective um which was really to introduce this concept to a lot of people that hadn't been previously introduced to it so in a lot of ways i think i'm very proud of it and i think all of the the, the members of the team or as well, I think um, you know couldn't, couldn't be happier in a lot of ways. Well, and you, and you in two thousand. When did you come on to Netflix? Was that two thousand eleven as well? Actually, it was right away. We came on in uh, end of August two thousand eleven. So we did the theatrical in May of two thousand eleven. And a lot of people don't realize this, but Netflix was fledging at the time, and a lot of people didn't think they were going to survive. <laughs> but there was it's strange to look back on it now, but a lot of filmmakers. Um, did not want to go on the Netflix because they thought it would cannibalize their DVD sales. Yeah. Um, and I found a, a, a wonderful distributor, um, Virgil Films, and he pitched me. And so different distributors I was meeting with pitched different ideas. And he's like, no, you've got to go day and date with Netflix. If I can get you a Netflix deal, it'll make the documentary really popular. And uh, <laughs> I bought his argument. But you have to understand that Netflix then wasn't what it was today. They were mostly a DVD business. They were just dabbling in the streaming business. And a lot of people didn't want to be involved. A lot of filmmakers thought that that was a scar to be a part of that. Um, but as it turned out, it turned out to be an unbelievably great thing because even though the streaming wasn't hugely popular at that point nationwide, the yeah. right people were streaming at that time. A lot of celebrities were streaming things on Netflix looking for content. So when we came out on Netflix, you know, I, you, you probably remember this, but it was like every day, big name celebrities were coming out, tweeting about the film. And that was creating a lot of popularity around it through Netflix and people who didn't have Netflix then were buying the DVD in big numbers. So, um, so yeah. And then uh, we had a quite the long run on Netflix after that. So, I mean, what did you have a nine year run on Netflix? Yeah, that's right. We were on until uh, I think a little less than a year ago, we came down um, and, and we were told that we were one of the longest running independent films ever on Netflix. So yeah. it's quite an honor. And, and keep, when I say that, I mean that they, as a non-original Right. Part of Netflix original or anything that didn't even exist back then. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it was, <laughs> it was so easy just to tell people go to Netflix, watch Forks Over Knives. That's your homework tonight. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah. Wow. You were, you were in the right place at the right time for sure with all that. Are there any famous people like that you can share with us who have reached out to you because they saw Forks Over Knives and you've now developed a relationship with them? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, no. 
I, actually, literally, the answer is no. That's not me being dodgy. I mean, no, no. a lot of famous people have uh, tweeted about it or spoken about it publicly. Um, I mean, a lot of people. I mean, Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard and Danny DeVito, and I mean, the list the list was and en- en- you know, list yeah. was quite long. But but nobody reached out privately to me. I mean, let, actually, let me take a step back. It's uh, you know, a- Arian Foster back in the day. I guess he, I don't know if you consider him a celebrity. Yeah. He. Uh, he was a running back for the Houston, uh, right? Houston Texans. And at the yeah. time, he was maybe one of the top five running backs in the league. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he reached out to us. And, uh, you know, we had some, we got to hang out with him, which was quite an honor a couple yeah. of times. <laughs> and uh, Darshana, you know, my, uh, my, my now fiance, but my long, very longtime partner, uh, was able to make, uh, make them a couple of meals. And uh, we had quite a lot of fun together. Mm hmm. Uh, but, but outside of that, I can't say I have a spectacular celebrity Rolodex. Right, right, right. We'll be right back in a moment with Brian Wendell. But first, I want to ask you, are you looking for an easier way to eat more plants? How would you like a 14-day trial of our most powerful time-saving tool? Members of the Plant Strong Meal Planner enjoy hundreds of personalized meal recommendations and may save time with their meal planning each week. You can search by ingredient, scale recipes to your household, filter for allergens or dislikes, and then our adaptive grocery shopping list helps you at the store or it integrates with Instacart and you can have your groceries drop shipped straight to your door. With the Plant Strong Meal Planner, you can find delicious plant-based meals that you and your family will adore. Join today and enjoy a 14-day trial when you use the code STARTFRESH. Visit mealplanner.plantstrong.com today. You and I both have very special relationships with our fathers. Um, yeah, I think that we respect them and we look, look up to them you know, in a very major way. What was your father's, what did he think when he found out that you were getting out of real estate and you were going to like make a documentary? Was he supportive or was he like, Brian, you've flown the coop? Yeah, no, he was actually, he was actually very supportive pretty early on in the process. Um, so my dad has always had this thing, like I should always just follow my dreams and do whatever I want. And, um, and you know, when I told him that this was something I wanted to do, he was like, go for it. Um, which really just, you know, I, it's okay. I'd love to just share the story about my dad and your dad. <laughs> no, no, I think that's perfect. Yeah. Small yeah. world. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I was, uh, I think I've told you the story before, but, but my dad, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but he, he, his life was basically helped by your dad's on two separate occasions. <laughs> and I'd always heard my dad had these horrible kidney stones when he was, uh, when, when I was growing up, he was diagnosed with having this very, um, this very uh, unusual condition. It's called hyperparathyroidism. So not your thyroid, but your parathyroid and a small tumor on that parathyroid. And apparently he did all this wonderful research to figure out who the best surgeon was in the world to help him with this. And, you know, my dad always likes to get the best, the best, the best. (laughs) It turns out it was a guy from the Cleveland clinic named Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn. (laughs) But all these years went by, I heard about this, this awesome surgeon, but never really knew who it was. Um, that it was Dr. Esselin. I just heard about this great surgeon at the Cleveland Clinic. So many years later, I'm telling my dad, I'm going to do this film and this, and, and I tell him, like, hey, you know, we, 
you know, I want you to read a couple of books. And one of them was the China study. And he's reading the China study. And, and let me just say for a second, my dad never really bought into the plant-based diet and heart disease thing. I had been pushing him literally Rick, for like seven or eight years. Yeah. Uh, he never, he just didn't, he said, oh, my doctor says it's congenital. <laughs> that was what he wrote. That was his word, it was congenital. But anyway, he reads, the, he reads the China study. So he's totally like a regular omnivore. And one day I get a phone call from him and he goes, one of the guys that's in your movement that you're interested in, Dr. Esselstyn, Dr. Esselstyn. And I said, yeah, I know Dr. Esselstyn. I, I just read his book. And he says, uh, he says, well, that's the guy. That's the guy that that's the guy that did the surgery on me that fixed my parathyroid and made my kidney stones go. Oh my God, that's great. Da, da, da. And it was really funny. My dad would, would probably not say this, but it wasn't long after this discovery by him that he adopted a plant-based diet himself. And he's absolutely thriving now. He's 80 years old. He plays tennis all the time and hikes. He had high blood pressure for many years, literally uh, went away in like a month. Um, and so, and, and, and so Dr. Esselstyn came to the rescue again. But I think the fact that I was doing this film and Dr. Esselstyn was a part of it, like all of a sudden I had the street cred. <laughs> right, right. Help <laughs> legitimize it. What I've been telling him for so many years actually had credibility. So he went ahead and you know, ultimately adopted the diet. He went, him and his wife went all in and they were, they were off their blood pressure meds pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, your dad must be so just proud of what you've done with Forks Over Knives and the uh, kind of the empire that you've created here over the last decade. Yeah, he's um, he's been very supportive all along, and he's been a. It's funny for many years he would say that I was a. Um, you know, he always you know accused me of being too much of an advocate, <laughs> like preaching, which I don't think I ever is, was, or am now. But uh, but now all of a sudden he's uh, he's he he can't he can't spend five minutes with some, with somebody without uh, starting to go off on plant based. So it's uh, been a pretty interesting journey. Yeah, it has a tendency, you know, to get under your skin. Uh, especially when you feel as passionate about it as, as you and I do. Mm-hmm. Um, what, is there a term that you use with like somebody that maybe is inquiring, like, Brian, how do you eat? Do you say, are you plant-based? Are you, what do you say? I generally say I'm whole food plant-based. Or sometimes I even say whole food vegan. Yeah. Um, Cause I don't eat any, any animal products um, at all. Um, and I eat predominantly whole food. So I say whole, usually whole food plant-based is my, is my diet and my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd love, I'd love to transition right now to all the, all the different kind of ancillaries. If, if you don't mind talking about it, that you've created since the film kind of came out, how many books have you done how many other documentaries have yeah, you done? So like we've done we have now five books out. Um, and it's interesting. So after the film came out, like I thought I was going to be done with this and I was going to go back to real estate. Yeah. And we put a book out. It's funny because in the early screens, people were saying, wow, this is really convincing. What do I do? So we literally working uh, with Gene Stone, who you know very well as a, as a, as a, as a he's, writer. He's gonna, he's, he was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there you go. Great, great guy. Yeah. I said, can you, can you help us put a book out in you know, just a few months? Because the movie's coming out soon. And he said, yeah, I'll do it. And I think he even helped us find a, a, an independent publisher um, called The Experiment. That's right. He put this book out. And I literally, Rip, I had a projection. We were going to sell 15,000 copies of the book. That was my projection. 
the book makes number one on the New York Times bestseller list. For how many weeks in a row? It was on the bestseller list for almost a year. Oh. I mean, it, was, it was ridiculous. And we just realized that the film made the case for a whole food plant-based lifestyle and its ability to prevent and reverse disease, but we didn't do a lot of the how-to, mainly because we didn't feel like we had the time to. We needed to, you know, we wanted to keep the film as focused as we can. But there was a big, big thirst out there for the how-to. So we came out with the first book, and then we came out with the cookbook a year later. That spends another year on the New York Times bestseller list. And that, and that's the book that with uh, Chef Del Del Shroof, right? Yep. And that 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 is that book sold like over a million copies. Like, it's can you say? About, yeah, it's about in that range. That's it's crazy. Done really well. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so away we went. Like, thinking I was going to go back to real estate. You know, we had a, a very rudimentary website at the time, and literally, I was just me and a, a guy named Robbie Barbero. And at different times, we had additional support. We're just scrapping it together. I mean, I was the editor in chief and Robbie was doing the newsletter and I was doing the social media and just yeah. together. And, and then as time went by, we ended up making a bigger investment on our website in 2014. Um, and then ultimately started on products. Um, and we started with the mobile app, which today is, uh, I think one of the top selling um, uh, mobile apps, uh, paid food and drink on iOS and as well wow. on Google Play. Um, did the mobile apps. We did the, um, we did the cooking school shortly there after that. Ultimately, we went to subscription meal planner, um, line of food products, and then made our way to the magazine um, just a couple of years ago, which is a part a partnership with Meredith Corporation, which is now one of the top selling um, food and health magazines in the country. Um, wow. So did they, did they come to you? How did that relationship start? Uh, they, actually, they actually came to us. Um, and at the time, Meredith, this was before their merger with Time. Um, they had not; they owned all the brands that they that they um, that they work on. So they would buy a brand, bring it in house, or they created the brand from scratch. But in our case, they said, "Look, we want to try a new program where we partner with other um, with third party brands." And and we've you know we've done some research, and you look like you'd be the perfect fit. So wow! So literally, they came to us, and we put out an experimental magazine, and it was a, a smash hit. Not knowing it was going to be a hit, the idea was to do one magazine and see how it goes. But it takes a long time to put together a magazine. We couldn't come out with a second magazine for another year, um, you know, and, and then we came with the second one that did really well. And then we eventually we turned it into a quarterly and now we do, now we do five issues a year with them. Um, wow. It's been a, it's been a really, really great part, partnership um, that we have with them. How much work is that for you and your team? It's a lot. I mean, the magazines are not easy. Um but, uh, you know, we have a wonderful editor-in-chief, uh, Liz Turner, and uh, she really does, does a lot of the content. Uh, Darshan does a, a fair amount of the recipes, and, you know, they chip in, uh, you know, they have their own test kitchen, too. So they do, they do a, Meredith does a lot of the recipes. So it's really, the, the work is divvied up, but it's a, you know, fair amount. Yeah. Certainly the content part um, falls on us. Wow. So uh, let, let, if you don't mind, let's go back. So. There was a, the first book that came out with the movie Forks Over Knives. Then you had the Forks Over Knives cookbook. Then you had, was it the Forks Over Knives plan? The third book was the Forks Over Knives plan. Uh, that's right. And then the fourth book was Forks Over Knives family and then Forks Over Knives flavor. Right, right, right. Wow. Wow. That's, that's quite the compilation there. Um, and then let's not forget, I think it was 2013, we had Forks Over Knives presents the Engine 2 Kitchen Rescue. 
right. We had a lot of fun with that. And yeah, yeah. But remember, we had that little 50 minute documentary that we did on Netflix. Uh huh. That's right. The engine. The, yeah. That's right. The engine took kitchen rest. Yeah. 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 That 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 thing's still chugging along a little bit. Realize what an important part you played in force, and we had we didn't really talk about the advanced screenings. But it's worth just pointing out that that you were a major, major partner in, in bringing that to life. So, uh, just for your audience now, before we actually came out with the film, we didn't. We wanted to prove that this concept had legs to the theaters because they theaters weren't going to just put us in. We didn't have big names attached to it or anything. So ultimately, we partnered with Whole Foods and Rip to do about twenty to thirty advanced screenings across the country. And um, they turned out that they were wild successes to the point where people couldn't get into most of them. No. <laughs> and it was gener- generating a lot of excitement about the film, especially on social media, because we weren't screening the film that much, but the people that were going to see it were very excited about it. And Rip um, was a healthy eating ambassador for Whole Foods. You Rip, and um, yeah, and uh, and and you know you would do all these Q and A's for us. So people would come to the movie theater sponsored by Whole Foods, marketed by Whole Foods come to the theaters, um, you know, and you would generally be the person doing the Q&A or it would be a panel. Many times I was on the panel as well. And it was quite an experience. And we did this for about six months and it generated the momentum for us to actually be able to do a theatrical release in the long term. Well, you know, after the advanced screening programs, we then did, um, we then did the uh, a one theater release in Portland, which was wildly successful. Yeah. And based on that and the success of the of the advanced screenings that we did with you, we um, you know we were able to get the attention of the theater owners and to be able to launch the theaters. And even after that, you were still very helpful to our effort. Um, you know, participating still in a lot of um, Q and A's where and when we had them. So we're we're certainly indebted for your support from really from day one. So well, thanks, Brian. It was quite the team <laughs> quite the team effort between you're right between. Engine to Whole Foods, forks over knives, and you know when you have when you have a lot of different entities that are pulling in the same direction, it's really amazing what you can get done. And let's not let's, let's give a, a you know a, a nod of the cap to to Charlene Nolan who who helped us with that first blueprint model uh, in. Um, do you remember the name of that theater? The Bryn Mawr Theater. In That's right, suburban uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, so I recount. I, I mean, you you were there. I wasn't actually there, but that was really our first advanced screening with you guys. And, yeah, uh, Char Nolan. It just shows you the power that an individual can make in their community and how they yep. can go on and launch something bigger. But she had seen a test screening of Forks at a Whole Foods immersion in Austin, and she decided that she was so excited by this that she was gonna. She wanted to do a screening at a theater. In the suburban, in suburban Pennsylvania, where she was, she was at the, the marketing person for a store for one of the stores. There. Yeah. So anyway, so she arranged all this, but she really, she went all in and put together this amazing effort. You know, brought you out to the, uh, brought you out to, to to the theater, and you also visited a bunch of fire stations, marketed the heck out of it. And this was not a small theater. This is one of these old indie theaters that had like yeah. like five hundred seats or something like that. Now, I wasn't there, but I got a call from Char like. Brian, you're not going to believe this, but they are lined up down the street to get and see the film. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and she even threw put together a special um, a VIP dinner for people to um, that, that that I was at. She had she had me get into a fire engine, 
we went around the block and then they, uh, they rolled out the red carpet and I came down the red carpet and all this to do, but it, it ended up being a, a great first, mm-hmm. um, you know, blueprint for, for, for the model. Wow. And literally just to finish the point for your audience, yeah. literally we made a best practices based on what Char did. Yeah. And that's what helped us do it in all these other whole foods and, and really replicating the success and help again, helping with the launch of the film is really amazing. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned earlier, and I didn't know this, that you, uh, so you're engaged to Darshana. Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited. I can't even tell you. This is kind of fun, fun, but we've known each other for 18 years. Um, we, uh, you know, we were friends for nine years and then we started as a couple romantically in uh, 2012. So, uh, we've had a life, you know, we've had a commitment to each other for life long before this, but we decided like, Hey, let's just formally, uh, tie the knot now. So, um, I am one very lucky man. Wow. Good for you. Well, you're a lucky man because you have Darshana, Darshana and you also have her cooking. <laughs> That's right. She is an extraordinary, for your audience, she's an extraordinary whole food plant-based chef. She's the Forks Over Knives chef and culinary project manager. And some of you people who, uh, you know, get recipes off our website or seen uh, our recipes in our books will maybe be familiar with her, but she is uh, absolutely extraordinary. Wow. Now, Brian, for our listeners, are you, are you, you're in LA, right? That's right. Yes. So when you and Darshana are looking to go out, uh, take a little break from cooking. What are some restaurants that you like to go to? We are pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we have a we have a Thai restaurant near us uh, called uh, Star Siam. You, you know, it, it's it has just wonderful fresh food, and they they do oil free for us, which we absolutely love. Yeah, a restaurant I've been going to for twenty years um, called the Votre Sante. Um, in Brentwood, California, their soups are always oil-free. They do some of their other dishes oil-free. They have a wonderful uh, vegan tostada where they actually use a, they don't fry the, uh, the, 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 what do you call it? Like the, the bowl, the tostada. Yeah. yeah. Um, so those are, those are our two places that we go to um, pretty, pretty regularly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So you're not, you're not a fan or you don't go to Crossroads that much? We do. We occasionally, you know, we do have our nights where we, we, we go or we're not totally whole food plant-based and we do enjoy Crossroads on occasion. And we do go to, um, we like Matthew Kenny restaurants as well. Um, he has a place called Plant Food and Wine and, uh, and another place called Sestina that he just opened up. It's really nice and nice pasta places, but th- those are our good. Those are our, uh, those are our, che- our, our, our treat night, our treat night, our treat and cheat night nights out. Right, yeah. right, right. How often does that happen? Usually, like once a week? No, not once a week, but uh, maybe maybe once once a month we really treat ourselves. Wow. Okay. So, tell me this: uh, How many of the Wendell family, meaning like you know your mom, your dad, yeah, you you have a, a brother or, or two, right? Yeah. So basically, all my 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 um, my dad, his wife. Um, and uh, actually, my, my dad, his, my stepmother, I, um, my brothers are both plant. My brothers are both plant based, so it's pretty well ensconced in our family. My mom still working on her. <laughs> you know, I think she respects the lifestyle, but yeah. she has a hard time. She has a hard time with it. So I'm always trying to nudge her, but uh, but you know, wow, anyway, isn't that? I can tell you, it's not. Yeah, family can be the toughest sometimes. Isn't that crazy? I mean. Look- you look at all the success you've had, the science that's behind it, and yet sometimes the people that are closest to us, we have the hardest time um, helping. 
right? Yeah, absolutely true. Some people can't get anybody in their family to go. So I feel lucky that uh, yeah. I feel lucky I got a couple of my family members. And you, it's a family. Yeah. <laughs> it's a family affair. It is. It is. It's cool. Um, let me. So are, are there any uh, any exciting projects on the horizon that you want to share with us? Or you just you got your your plate full with everything you got going on right yeah, now? We got our plate pretty full. I mean, we have our projects and they're they're in the works, but um yeah. but, uh, we're not okay. ready, to, not ready to, <laughs> to come out with them yet. But, uh, got it. Got it. To the, to the would, would you ever consider doing another documentary? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love doing Forks, though. Don't get me wrong. But it's a... Well, first of all, the follow-up docs that have came after Forks have done an amazing job of, of, of follow-up, if you will. I mean, certainly you were a, a big part of Game Changers. And what a great concept. I mean, I remember James Wilkes um, came to me in 2012 with this idea. And I, I just absolutely loved it from, from the get-go. I mean, we even talked about it as a forced project, potentially, ultimately yeah. decided not to. But, um, but I knew they, I felt very good with what they were going to do. And I love the fact, I love the way that, that you guys, you and James and, and, and uh, Joseph Joseph, Page, yeah. So many other people. I just love the approach that you guys took in that film. I mean, really, I think to have an effective documentary, you really got to make it positive. Otherwise, mm. you want you want to make it so that it's like something that people want to join. And I think that Game Changers really, really did that. And it really went, you know, plant, let's face it, plant based diet has been a very female thing, you know. And a lot of times they're bringing it home to their to their men, if you will. But there really was a need in the marketplace for. For, for, for someone to really go after the male audience. And, um, and you guys just hit it out of the park. So I feel like a lot of, a lot, a lot of it's just been done so well, you know, and, and I certainly think that films like Cowspiracy and Seaspiracy and, you know, and, you know those, those films don't necessarily cover the health angle like Forks did, but nonetheless, these other broader issues are very important reasons to, to eat plant-based. So yeah. I'm very happy in my world. Um, yeah. You know, just, yeah. just doing what I can do to help get the whole food plant-based message out there any way I can. I don't see how another film at this point in time is really going to advance that message. So I never say never say never, but um, but it's certainly not not at the fore. Well, you've been you've been a spectacular mentor for people like Kip Anderson and James Wilkes and Joseph Pace and a lot of these up and coming documentary makers. So you know you you paved the way. You know, you, you were, you were a game changer. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's an honor that you would say that. And yeah, I just feel Rip. I just feel so blessed that I had the opportunity um, and the means to be able to do it. Um, and, 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 and I always say this, and I really mean this from the bottom of my heart, Forks popular, helped popularize a message, but we did not invent that message. You know, literally decades of work by people like your dad, by people like John McDougal, by people like Colin Campbell, so at the end of the day, like I feel like I stand on on, on their shoulders. I really do, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm just happy. I'm also happy for them personally too, because I think that they, when I talk to them, there's a certain like satisfaction that they get that this word is, is the ball is moving forward in a significant way. So, yeah. um, just well, a, lot, a lot of gratitude to those guys at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, thanks for saying that, and you know I. I I, I know from spending enough time with Colin and my father that, you know, what this documentary 
did too was it helped illuminate literally the decades that these guys were putting their shoulder to the grindstone mm-hmm. when everybody told them they were crazy, they were nuts, but they 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 held tight to their conviction because they knew they had the truth, right? And the science. And so you, yeah. Yeah. And so you and, and so what a beautiful thing for you to be able to shine that spotlight on their work and then have it be recognized when typically nobody would ever know about it, you know? Eric, I would just add that, you know, it's easy today to be a plant-based doctor. I'm being yeah. t- it's even if it's not a majority position in the medical community, it's certainly accepted. But, you know, those guys literally had to stand, really stand, standing against the grain is not an easy thing to do. It's something I see over and over again. And that's when a person can stand against the grain, stand against their colleagues and peers and being able to withstand the criticism and the mockery and all that stuff. That's where a real person's character shines. And, 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 and they did it. They, those were the pioneers. Those are the guys that had to kind of do those things um, for us to be able to get to where we are today. Yep, Absolutely. So Brian, let me let me end with this because um, I think it's kind of fun. So two things: one, why forks over knives as the name, and how hard or easy was it to come up with that name? And then on the poster, you have the hand with the fork, and then you have the knife, or is it a knife? What is it? <laughs> it's a scalpel, and I think we once ran something on a, on a, on a social media, and ninety five percent of the people think that it's. You eat vegetables with a fork, but you would cut steak with a knife or something, which was absolutely never the intention right. we have. I mean, you know what it is. So it's, it's really forks over knives. The knives are scalpel. So the idea is to eat. If you eat right, you can avoid going under the knife, which is really a metaphor, broadly speaking, for, for, for the medical system and unnecessary. Obviously, medicine is very important, but for unnecessary medical procedures that can be you know, it could be avoided with what, with what, with how you eat. But you know, the, the very quick story on, on that is it was very hard to come up with a name. And it wasn't until we were in really in the test screening process that we did finally come up with a name. And, um, oh my God, the number of things that would title this film. I think every combination of words you could think of <laughs> was, was in the running. But then, um, really late in the ballgame, I sent the, in the, um, an email out to my friends, and one of my friends, a, a veterinarian named Armighty, Dr. Armighty May, she emailed me back. Um, I said, can't come up with a title. Just come up and say anything. Don't even like, don't worry about if it's good, bad, or whatever. And she sent back fork over scalpel. Uh-huh. And then I said, fork over knife. And then I went forks over knives. And the minute I had the idea, I was like, that's it. And then I also thought about the imagery of a fork in a hand. It was when I put the imagery to the words, I was like, this is it. And I was in, I was in Lake Tahoe. I ran, I was with my dad at the time. I ran the t- title by hand. Terrible title. Forks on the knife. <laughs> Thanks, I ran, I ran it by my team. Horrible title. Like, what does it even mean? You know, like, <laughs> like, yeah, but you know, we can have this fork in the hand. And, you know, it's funny because it means something now. Like, it makes sense. But. But, uh, but at the time, it was I, I had to do a lot of convincing. And uh, I think I had one ally on my team. Our, uh, our co-producer, Allison Boone, liked it from the get-go. But it, it honestly wasn't a hard sell. After a couple of days, I just kept pushing it and pushing right, it. Right. And the team got more and more on board with it. But it really wasn't until very late in the process that, that well, we actually had a title for the film. That's interesting. So against the advice of your father and most of your team, you just you felt that it was the right name and you 
you kind of convince them that, hey, this is how it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just against their advice. It was more like their opposite, their early opposition, because I think I was yeah. able, once I was able to really push the concept on them, and then, then they, they, they would eventually buy in. I don't think anybody felt like after after a couple of days of persuasion that uh, yeah. they were opposed to it. But uh, but it definitely, it definitely met some early opposition. Yeah. Well, you know what, Brian? I am so glad that you had that epiphany back in, I think it was 2006, right? To, to make a documentary that, 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 that you, uh, yeah, that you decided to, um, you know, follow that passion. You have literally, you've changed the, the, the landscape of, uh, of the plant-based movement by being a brave, courageous, you know, pioneer. And, um, you know, I, I just personally want to thank you for the um, the contributions that you've made, you've saved a lot of people's lives, a lot of animals' lives, and you've made the uh, the planet a better place. Thank you so much, Rip. So that means so much coming from you. I really appreciate it, and thanks for all the wonderful work you do and have done, and all the help that you've given us over the years. We really, really appreciate it. It's been quite a quite an effort. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Brian for joining me on the Plant Strong podcast. It's been a real treat and uh, I look forward to seeing you the next time out. I'm out in LA. Awesome, Rick. Look forward to it. Hey, follow after me. Peace. <laughs> Peace. Turn it around. Engine two. <laughs> Engine two. Keep it plant strong. Keep it plant strong. <laughs> Hit me up. All right. Thanks, Brian. All right. Thank you, Rick. If it's the right time for you, I would encourage you to watch or rewatch Forks Over Knives to truly appreciate the the documentary and uh, and the journey that you have been on. The lesson of this film is one of hope. You have so much more control over your health than what any of us realize. You can have health by choice, not by chance. And one simple change at the end of your fork can prevent so many chronic lifestyle diseases and hopefully keep you from ever going under the knife. Thanks for listening and I'll see you again next week. As always, visit plantstrongpodcast.com for resources on this episode and all things plant strong. Thank you for listening to the Plant Strong Podcast. You can support the show by taking a quick minute to follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Leaving us a positive review and sharing the show with your network is another great way to help us reach as many people as possible with the exciting news about plants. Thank you in advance for your support. It means everything. Have you had your own Galileo moment that you'd like to share? What happened when you stepped into the arena and shed the beliefs that you thought to be true? I'd love to hear about it. Visit PlantStrongPodcast.com to submit your story and to learn more about today's guests and sponsors. The Plant Strong Podcast team includes Carrie Barrett, Lori Kordowich, Amy Mackey, Patrick Gavin, and Wade Clark. This season is dedicated to all of those courageous truth seekers who weren't afraid to look through the lens with clear vision and hold firm to a higher truth. Most notably, my parents, Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn, Jr. and Anne Cryle Esselstyn. Thanks for listening.